This is a Quiz Bowl cast, episode 58F, 2009 Chicago Open Trash Tournament Mirror, round 8 between unrestricted free agents and Sand Games Warriors. Let's get started with round 8, part 1. For one TV movie, this happens to Kenny Miller, who was played by a young Kevin Bacon. He goes on to commit murder, but is helped by the trio of Cloris Leachman, Eddie Albert, and Andy Griffith. It happened to Cassie Hughes on a 2004 Bridge TV series and was central to the plot of an X-Files episode which involved a Romanian horse cult, the Calusari. It also happened to a one-time psychiatrist at Bayview Sanitarium who tried to kill Kristen in a church fire. In addition to Marlena Evans on Days of Our Lives, this happens with regularity on a current CW program, though a special knife can kill those who do it. In particular, such characters as Lilith and Azazel do it, causing the victim's eyes to turn black. On that show about Sam and Dean Winchester. Uh, for Demo, it's in this event, which often takes place on Supernatural, and which also took place in the 1973... Exorcism? Mm, no, I don't think I can take that. Did they do that? In a 1973 film starring Linda Blair, The Exorcist. Hmm. Oh. Possession? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, You're on the right track. Wrong side of the court. Yeah. 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 This defense is run from a 4-3 set with the linemen playing single gap, the quarterbacks and outside linebackers in medium zones, and the middle linebacker in deep middle, and both safeties deep. Points each in this form of zone defense designed to get the most out of undersized quick defenders and developed for its namesake team by Monty Kiffin. Uh, the Tampa 2. Yes. This recently retired Colts coach was an important exponent of the Tampa 2. Tony Dungy. Yeah, yeah. Dungy attributes the fundamentals of the Tampa 2 to this defensive coordinator of the Steelers from 1972 to 1977, who designed the vaunted steel curtain, which is not the same thing as the iron curtain, no matter what Chris Rongi says. <laughs> Chuck Noll. Uh, it's Leon Carson in 20. Oh, Noll's in the sports fans I can do. Yeah. We would have gotten 20 on Toss up two. This book begins by quoting Aeschylus' Agamemnon, while its chapter Dea et Machina describes how a young girl named Lucy saved one of the main characters' lives. There are tales of the legendary figure El Arira interspersed throughout this book, and the main group in it uses a language that includes words such as Zorn, meaning a catastrophe, and Lenri, meaning a badger. The main characters in this book come across Ephrafa, who has a force which includes members like Captain Chervil and General Woundwort. By the end of the book, Hazel has become the Ra, or Chief. For ten points, then this Richard Adams book, which revolves around a group of rabbits attempting to find a new place for their... Watership down. Watership down. That's right. Yeah. Did the alcohol oh, no. the game? Name these great or possibly non-great tenor saxophonists for ten points each. Arguably the first great tenor saxophonist in jazz, he is renowned for his 1939 recording of Body and Soul, while his albums include Sirius and Today and Now. Charles. <sighs> Charles. I don't know. Blind Smith. Uh, Hawkins. Hawkins. That's right. In a 1957 album, Hawkins encountered this other tenor saxophonist, who was known as the Frog, and released the seminal 1957 album, Soulville. Mm. Sighted Smith. Smith. Uh, that's Ben, Whips, ben Webster. Another dude who played the tenor sax was this artist of Giant Steps and My Favorite Things. Jones. Jones. Cold train. John Cold train. Zero. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's, that's a high school. 
Toss-up three. One song of this name notes that destiny has a funny way when it comes and takes all your cares away and asks, is the world still spinning around? That song was a number one hit in Australia in 2002 and followed its artist's previous number one hit, Can't Get You Out of My Head. Another song... Uh, Kylie Minogue. No, minus five. Look at Another song with this name was covered in an acoustic version by Jeffrey Gaines in 2001. That song discusses the doorway to a thousand churches and laments that days pass and this emptiness fills my heart. That song, which was allegedly written about Rosanna Arquette, appeared on the album So and was prominently featured in a film when Lloyd Dobler placed it on a boombox outside his former girlfriend's house and say anything. For ten points, give this three-word phrase, which titles hits for Kylie Minogue and Peter Gabriel. Oh, in your eyes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was totally spaced out. Uh, t- uh, in f- its fourth season ended with a bus accident which claimed the life of a very annoying female character. The points each name this TV series, whose fourth season oh, also included an episode in which Mira Sorvino played a woman trapped in Antarctica. It's house. Yes. In that house season finale, this so-called cutthroat bitch died of amantadine yeah. poisoning, leaving her boyfriend Wilson bereft. Amber. Yes. A projected house spinoff will center on Detective Lucas Douglas, who was played by this actor. Who's the guy that played? He's the, like the old guy who's like, who wanted to get after him. David oh, Morris. Uh, uh, answer, please. Morris. Uh, that's Michael Weston. Twenty. Oh. Michael Weston. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the name of the character. Yeah, Toss up four. One group of players associated with this franchise consisted of Jack Barry, Stuffy McInnes, Eddie Collins, and a player who obtained his nickname due to hits off of the Sorry, not that, not a buzz. I know, I just wanted to make sure we had a buzzer. Uh, off of Rude Marquardt and Christy Mathewson in the 1911 World Series, the aforementioned $100,000 infield of this team was rounded out by Frank Homer and Baker. And the uh, Philadelphia Athletics. Yeah, that's 15. Wow. Bonus. His friends include the cryptic Asian Dave Quat, while his opponents include the hypocritical Pinkford Veneer, who loves taxes, for 10 points each. Named the snarky creation of Bruce Tinsley, who works for Mr. Noseworthy. Got nothing. Uh, that is Mallard Fillmore. Mallard Fillmore was created by Tinsley while he was working for the Daily Progress, a newspaper located in the state whose other papers include the Winchester Star. Connecticut. Virginia. Mallard is a reporter for this fictional Washington, D.C. TV station, whose name is presumably an homage to one of the liberals Mallard's creator so despises. Carter? Carter died. Clinton. Uh, that is WFDR. Oh. Uh, that makes sense. Stupid dad. Toss up five. One character played by this actress checks into a hotel with the name Evelyn Waugh and claims she has so much in common with Keanu Reeves because they both live in LA and have dogs. Another character portrayed by this woman was attacked with a shark when Jenny finds her sleeping with Matt, played by Luke Wilson. Another of her characters believes her greatest act of charity was letting Bob Saget grind on her during a party at her previous residence and tries to help Kelly Williams as Lily and Emma Stone's Natalie, who don't fit in at Zeta Alpha Zeta. Her best known roles... Ferris? Yes. Oh, that's right. House Bunny. Uh, oh, right. Where's, uh, Which one? Here, bonus. Like Some Anniversary. Jonas Brothers songs don't suck, but only because they employ other talented songwriters. <laughs> Name these for ten points each. This veteran of the Chicago band Level Zero is the brother's touring bassist, but has been credited with writing games and Tonight, and is suspected to have ghostwritten many more. 
the stuff that happened. Chicago basis. I don't know. Probably not a rapper. Yeah, answer, please. Smith. Oh, that's great, Garbowski. The Hannah Montana collaboration, We Got the Party, was written by Cara Dio Giordi, yeah. better known for being recently shoehorned onto the judging panel of this show. American Idol. Okay. Yes. This former sing- singer of D-Mob wrote The Brothers Paranoid, as well as Britney Spears' Toxic, in addition to having a number two hit mm, under her own name with 1991's Touch Me All Night Long. Ooh, who did that? Woman, um, Tori Amos? Kathy Dennis, 10. Uh, Toss of six. One song on this album sees the singer claim... uh, Sorry. One toss-up... One toss-up. One song on this album sees the singer claim that he wants a girl will put her makeup on the shelf when he's away, while a video for one of the songs from this album features the band and a bunch of dogs in front of a blue screen. The lyric, I've got Kitty Pride in the Nightcrawler 2, is included in this album's song in the garage, and the last song on this album... Uh, like, Weezer's self-titled album, the yeah. blue album? Yes, I can accept any or all of that. Damn, that power... Uh, yes, that's powerful. Close. And a bonus. And so the following about the career of director George Roy Hill for 10 points each. Though Hill studied music at Yale under Paul Hindemith, you probably know him better for this 1969 western about bank robbers played by Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Oh, oh he Okay, sure. Yes. Uh, Hill also directed this cult classic about the Charlestown Chiefs, in which coach Reggie uh-huh. Dunlop has to deal with the wacky Hanson brothers. Yes. Uh, he also directed this 1984 film based on a John Le Carré novel in which Diane Keaton played an actress who was recruited by the Mossad. I don't know. like Baby Boom. Go with that. Baby Boom. It's The Little Drummer Girl 20. We're renting that. We're not renting, We're renting that. Only if it's free on demand. I'm <laughs> <laughs> paying for that movie. No. Toss of. Six or seven, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. We just did the Weezer one. Okay, toss up seven. Uh, one track with this name is the final cut on Gang Green's live album Can't Live Without It, while Gogo Bordello's song of this name has the line Screw a light bulb in my head, while the singer just wants to thank you for everything you've done. Other songs named for this include one in which the singer Love Fox wonders if she's a mouse or an elephant one in which the chorus speaks of sad memories I can recall in the form of a dirge, and yet another in which it is described as a permanent accessory and a part-time necessity. Those songs are by CSS, The Kinks, and The Bare Naked Ladies, respectively. A 2005 country hit of this one-word name is sung from the title Substance's perspective, in which it takes credit for Hemingway's writing after it leaves Milwaukee, Lynchburg, and Bordeaux. That work is sung by Brad Paisley. Ten points identified as substance, which is blamed in a recent Jimmy Fox song. Examples of which include rye, contro, alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's more specific. I probably know that song they were describing. Like, there's this famous alcohol song that people sing. Yeah. Answer the following about the most impressive defensive play in all of baseball: the unassisted triple play. The only unassisted triple play in World Series history occurred in 1920, when Bill Wamsgans had one playing for this team. As Gabriel Cabrera has also had the most recent unassisted triple play, also while playing for this team. Indians. Yes. 
Wamsgans was one of four men, along with Cabrera, Randy Velarde, and Mickey Morandini, to turn an unassisted triple play from this position. Yeah, second base. Yes. In the modern era, 41 years elapsed without an unassisted triple play until this Washington senator turned one in 1968. He had been AL Rookie of the Year in 1960 with the Orioles. That's probably as far as we're getting, but short stuff. All time short stuff. Not for the Orioles. Can't help this. Mm-hmm. No. No. Uh, that is Ron Hansen, so 20. It's not. Toss up eight. An agent of this is the title character of a 2006 novel in the Agent Cormac series, and this term names a future civilization ruled by artificial intelligences in a line of science fiction novels by Neil Asher. A book about the pioneers of a certain German kind of this, The Cameralists, was written by Albion Small. One discussion of this kind of question asked why they could not be devoted to Flemish art, while a more recent discussion of this concept observed that its use was unnecessarily opaque and coy when deployed to describe the home of the author of Shine, Perishing Republic. That discussion of the fact that Robinson Jeffers lived in California as well as the United States appeared in an analysis of the 2009 Minnesota undergraduate tournament. For 10 points, it was a six-letter noun, which has become ubiquitous and quizable as a vague identifier of places. Uh, polity. <laughs> For 10 points. So, uh, so there was a meta question. Well, no, that's complicated. <laughs> Uh, toss up, yeah, your bonus, eight. Uh, one of these can be obtained by ducking for five seconds on the white block toward the end of level one to three, then running behind the end of the level to reach a hidden toad house. Yeah, warp whistle. Yes. Uh, warp whistles appear in this game along with such Super Mario Bros. 3. Yes. That leaked warp whistle can be found by flying above the screen toward the end of World 1's fortress. World War 1's fortress is thus the only fortress in Mario 3 that can be passed without defeating this Koopa minion, a sometimes flying spiked back turtle who must be stomped three times. Is it possible? What the fuck is this guy called? No, 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 no. He's like the, the big guy with the spikes on his back. He's. No, no, no. He has a name? What the hell is this guy's name? Answer. I don't know. Koopa? Uh, his name is Boom Boom. Boom Boom, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Crap. I should have known that. Okay. Twenty. Toss up nine. Uh, the house owned by this person is home to a cat named Burbank, which does not get along with a dog named Sam belonging to a friend of his. This character is the free half of a planned hostage swap for another family member of his, Rianne. We first meet this man investigating the death of Amanda Hunsicker, which was apparently a suicide but was actually a poisoning. This, that event leads this man to question his friend Michael Hunsicker and learn about Shadow Company. This man ensures non-interference in a fight on his lawn that ends with one character releasing another from a triangle chokehold. Mr. Joshua was defeated in that fight by his partner, Martin Riggs, for 10 points, named this homeowner portrayed by Danny Glover, who is getting too old for this shit in every Lethal Weapon movie. What's his name? Time. Roger Murtaugh. Roger Murtaugh, yeah. I mean, like, they had that, like, too old for this shit, like, whole thing about How I Met Your Mother. The producer for this song was Kevin Shakespeare Briggs, and the group <coughs> Sporty Thieves released a song about pigeons in rebuttal to this song. One of the singers of this song tells someone, you as clear as the DVD on a digital TV screen, shortly before asking him to check your vernacular. This song was released on the album Fan Mail, and its B-side was the song Silly Ho, something that one of the singers of this song asks a bandmate if she is. A member of the group referred to in the title of this song is also known as a buster, and someone who's a member of that group might live at home with his mama. For ten points in this song which describes a man hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride. Scrubs? Ain't no scrub? He's mm, yeah, I can take that. Where is it? No, it's, Wait, who did no the scrubs. Scale, scale, scale. Scale. 
What's the name of sure. the official name? No Scrubs. No Scrubs. Ain't No Scrubs is like the last three words of the song. Bonus. This song is attributed to the singer, to the singer Stinky Wizzleteat for 10 points each. Identified this song meant to instill the title Emotions, which includes outbursts like, I told you I'd shoot, why didn't you believe me? And I'll teach your grandmother to suck eggs. What was that? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, so um, please. We got nothing. Uh, that's Happy Happy Joy Joy. Nickelodeon show, whose title referred to a psychotic chihuahua and his feline friend. Ren and Stimpy show. Yes. This rabid patriot from Decentville appears in multiple Ren and Stimpy episodes, as well as in most other John Crick for Lucy projects. She's the one? Edward Penis Hands? <laughs> one voiced by Rosie O'Donnell, I think, but I can't remember. Yes, Are you sure it isn't Edward Penis Hands? Yes, I'm sure. I don't know. Nothing. That's uh, George Licker. George Licker, that's right. Why don't heavy? All right, at the half, I have 140, 70. Yep. Yeah. All right, toss up 11. This educational institution's single-season home run leader is Jeff Ontiveros, who had 20 in 2002, while current baseball players who attended this school include the Blue Jays' Brandon Fahey and the Rays' J.P. Howell. This was the first school to win back-to-back College World Series titles, doing so in 1949 and 1950, and it has the most games played in wins in College World Series history. Alki Garrido, the current manager... The University of Texas. Yes, uh, for 15. Really? <coughs> I don't know, I was thinking of that. Is it going to be a DUI, something, something? I don't know. Uh, your bonus. Uh, his, her second album, Myra Lee, is named for her mother, while her debut album, Dear Sir, features songs like Itchy Head and Mr. Gallo, identified as singer whose real name is Chan Marshall. Pink. Red Song? Say, we'll say Pink. Uh, that's Cat Power. This Cat Power song perhaps mistakenly claims, I'm not that hot new chip, and follows the enigmatic two word title with, He Will Kill For You. That is He Wore. On Jukebox, Cat Power covers this song, a title track from the 1971 Joni Mitchell album. The Moody Blues sang about a guitar of this color. Blue. That is blue, and that's ten. The Moody Blues. Points. Also, 12. One of the backup musicians for this singer went on to form the band Steve Stevens' Atomic Playboys. This man's 2005 album, Devil's Playground, spawned the singles Scream and Cherry. And despite not being part of Generation X, he was in a band called Generation X from 1976 to 1981. One hit by this man includes the lyric, I'd sell my soul for you, for money to burn for you. The 1984 album named for that song also contains the song Flesh for Fantasy. The music video for... Idol? Billy Idol for 10. Bonus. Mark Martin currently drives the number five car, but answer the following about other men associated with that number for ten points each. The number five won a championship while being driven by this man, who won his second championship in 1996. His brother Bobby also won a championship. Yes. These brothers have driven the number five, with Jeff preceding Ricky Rudd in the car from 1984 to 1989, while Todd was a fill-in for Terry Labonte. Jeff and Todd... Oh, it's uh, Burton. Yeah, Burton. Uh, it's Bodine. Oh, the other fill-in for Labonte was this man, who is better known for his success in the Truck series, having won it in 2007. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michael Arnold. You and your auto racing. Yeah. Answer, please. Walter. Uh, uh, that is Ron Hornaday, Jr. Ten for the first. Oh, my God. Okay, no one cares about NASCAR. 
It wasn't even NASCAR. Okay, that's a truck series. Whatever. Class of 13. This NBA player appeared in only 57 games in his rookie season, making him the player with the second least games played in a rookie of the year season, while one of his current teammates has been proclaimed the ugliest player in the NBA, Michael Ruffin. This man's college career ended in the Sweet 16 with a one-point loss to the Connecticut Huskies, just one game before that team was upset by George Mason. This player led his team in assists this past season, surpassing such point guards as Rudy Fernandez and Jerry Bayless. This player was traded for a player taken exactly one spot after him, Randy Foy, on draft night. Yes. Is it? Brandon Roy. Brandon Roy. Oh, you lost the UConn. Your bonus. And so the following about the storied career of actor Ezai Morales for 10 points each. He will be starring as Joseph Adama, the father of a future admiral, on this spin off TV series. Like the Battlestar Galactica one? What's that called? Stargate Universe. Yeah, Stargate Universe. That's uh, Caprica. He played Edward Beck, the leader of the 10th Mountain Division, in the second season of this series, which also featured the displaced IRS agent Mimi Clark. Oh, like Jericho, I think? Sure. Oh, yeah, Jericho? Right. Yes. According to Wikipedia, Morales' role in this 1994 film highlighted his acting as a man. It also starred Jason Scott Lee and depicts the history of Easter Island, as its title implies. Uh... Statues, something. Yeah. Giant stone statues. Giant stone Answer, heads. please. Giant stone heads. Uh, that's Rapa Nui, 10 for the middle. Okay. That's the name of the island, I guess. That's a nice reason. Toss up 14. This man was the creator of the group People for the American Way, and after purchasing an original copy of the Declaration of Independence in 2000, he spent the next four years displaying it across the country. He created Act 3 Communications, which includes Concord Music Group, and he has written films such as Cold Turkey and Divorce American Style. A writer for TV shows such as the Ford Star Review with Jack Haley and the Tennessee Only Ford Show, in 1966 he produced An Evening with Carol Channing. This man is best known as a producer of series that featured characters such as Florida Evans, Wheezy Jefferson, and Archie Bunker for 10 points. Norman Lear? Norman Lear. That's right. Booyah! Bonus. And so the following about a common last name in video games for 10 points each. Blue Hayabusa is the protagonist of this video game series known for its unforgiving difficulty. It debuted on the NES in 1988, and recent games in this series have featured subtitles such as Black and Sigma. Battletoads? Final Fantasy. I don't know. Answer, please. Uh, Say something. I don't know. Final Fantasy. Uh, there's Ninja Gaiden. Fighter Hayabusa is a character whose specialty move is bringing back kick in this NES game. Other characters in this game include the Korean King Korn Karn and the ironically named King Slender. Huh. I'm still saying Battletoads. Street Fighter? Maybe some, some one of those fighting games. Street Fighter. Uh, it's pro wrestling. In the unlikely event that you win a match while playing as fighter Hayabusa, you would be presented with this message. It has become a meme due to its stated CRS or grammatical quirkiness. No, 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 a winner is you. you. Is that a winner? A winner is you. You you fail it. Answer, please. Go. You, you fail it. A winner is you. Uh, no points. Okay. Toss up fifteen. Score check. Sure. After 14, uh, I have a 180, 105. 
Triple digits. Toss up 15. Moochie de Poochie, a training toilet that plays this, will show those Japs a thing or two, according to Weekly World News, while Mike Lowe suggested that President Bush use this during the 2004 Correspondents Association dinner. It appears in the YouTube video Pat Friedman posted as his favorite on HS Quiz Bowl, while the namesake technique employed in this is originally attributed to King Curtis Oosley. An early appearance of this as a meme came in a thread started by Cheech Lizard, though Pipe Bomb claimed its most significant property doesn't apply to a washing machine with a tennis shoe inside or dying kittens. Other residents of that forum, something awful, have used this in The Legend of Quilt Face, videos of cats running on treadmills, and even clips of 9-11 because it can make anything funny. For 10 points, identify the song most associated with zany chase scenes with an... Yeah, can Yes. What is it? Yeah, he's sex. Bonus. Then I've had the following creators of stop motion music videos from the last year for 10 points each. This band employed the technique in their video for A Punk. Their eponymous album also includes the songs Mansar Groof and Oxford. Yes. The brilliant video for her morning elegance has supported this Israeli's 2009 album, The Opposite Side of the Sea. Yes. This songwriter with a comically Irish name uses the technique in the video for his single Fonz. His 2008 eponymous album was preceded by a 2007 EP, The Early Learnings of Him. Um. Edward Penis Hands? Uh, that is, that is <laughs> that's Eugene McGinnis, 20. Close. Yeah. Uh, Toss-up, 16. A title, Invisible Mormon Angel, with this name, saves a Halo-addicted gamer's marriage in a short film on the 2007 LDS Film Festival. This was the nickname of the soon-to-be-blind first winner of Big Brother Australia. One of the portrayers of the most famous figure with this name narrowly avoided being crushed by a runaway locomotive on the set of Doctari. The two recent TV movies titled after this figure featured Dean Kane and Riley McClendon, with Corbin Burnson as the evil developer Fogg. The second movie was subtitled Danger on the Mountain. The original TV series called this featured Dennis Weaver and Beth Brickle playing the parents of Mark Wedlow, who agitates to keep this character. That series starring Clint Howard was sent in the Everglades rather than Alaska, like the novel about this character by Walt Morey. For ten points, name this figure who is adopted after a fisherman kills its mother and he is saved from poachers, a large and unrealistically friendly Ursine. Um, time. What is this? My time? No, that is Gentle Ben. Yeah, there's some bear I can yeah. place in there. Yeah, I was just saying Pang. This band recorded a version of Take Me Out to the Ball Game that was used during the seventh inning stretch of Minnesota Twins games, and they covered Bruce Springsteen's song Atlantic City for the charity album More Child Presents Heroes. This band recently released their first live album, A Positive Rage, while another album by this band begins with the song Hornets Hornets and ends with How a Resurrection Really Feels. This band's most recent album included a song about having sex in a public restroom, sequestered in Memphis, and in 2006, this band released the album Boys and Girls in America. For 10 points, in this band, which includes members such as Craig Finn and Bob Drake, that released the album Stay Positive in 2008. Time. That is the whole study. Oh, them. Fuck. Toss of 18. Publications by members of this company include Efficient, shelf, uh, efficient Self-Shadowed Radiosity Normal Mapping, and Mark Laidlaw is one of the main writers for this company. Some games that all buy it. Valve. 15. Well, no, good buzz. 
Very nice. Yeah, we get two more. Notice, Sasha Baron Cohen voices the self-important King Julian, while David Choi oh, replaced Melmon, the hypochondriac giraffe. Oh, shit. Each. In the 2000 film that spawned a sequel subtitled Escape to Africa. Yes. Wikipedia notes that Rico, one of these creatures, is a version of a magic satchel because he regurgitates useful objects. He is joined in this foursome by Skipper Kowalski in private. I didn't watch the movie. What's that? Pelican? Pelican? Uh, the penguins. Madagascar 2 sees Alex the Lion try to overthrow the usurping lion, Makunga, who was voiced by this actor. He also played the villain in The Cat in the Hat. Oh. Who's uh, a villain in The Cat in the Hat? I don't know. Jim Carrey. I never saw the movie. Dane Cook. Dane Cook. Sure, say Dane Cook. No, that's Alec Baldwin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what, 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 what? He just came in the house. Yeah, That's good, this toss up. Toss up 19. This NFL team's winningest head coach of all time was hired away from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian Football League, and this team signed Boise State running back Ian Johnson as an undrafted free agent this offseason. This team used a poison pill contract to sign one of its current starting offensive guards from the Seattle. The Minnesota Vikings. Yes, and that's the team. Bonus, this basketball player played three seasons at Stanford, becoming the first team All-American before being drafted sixth overall in the 2004 NBA draft. Ten points each. Name this player, formerly of the Atlanta Hawks, who decided to sign a contract with the Josh Chilton. Yes. In, 19, in 1988, the Clippers selected this Duke product with the second overall pick. Instead of signing with the Clippers, however, this player went to Italy for a year. Clippers went to Italy for a year... Danny Ferry? Yes. Another NBA journeyman who spent time in Italy was this center from Iowa who played for Scavolini Pizarro in 1997. His early 90s stint with the Bucks is fondly remembered by fans of the original NBA Jam. Oh. I can see his face. I can't. I don't know. Got, answer this? got nothing. Well, that's Brad Lowhouse, 20 for the first. Score check? F19, I have Are you kidding me? What is this bonus? 
trashy AES. Fox. Uh, the Berlin Times. Uh, no, that's the Build Zeitung. Zero. Oh my what is that bone? Are you kidding it's me? It's pronounced Final score, unrestricted free agents 190, Sand Games Warriors 195.